us, if you would, <coughs> to 1 John. 1 John. We'll continue our study in this wonderful book. Going verse by verse. There's so much within this first chapter. It's just absolutely wonderful. Tonight's message is called Walking in the Light. Walking in the Light. We'll read 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 10. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now last week we looked at verse 6 where we considered that one who says they have fellowship with the Father and with the Lord Jesus Christ and walk in darkness, that they're deceiving themselves and they know not the truth. And we considered that walk spoken of there in verse 6 and we see it again in verse 7 is the trend of one's life. So if we... So if one says they have fellowship with Christ and the trend of their life is, is to walk in the darkness of sin and unbelief and ignorance, then they're deceiving themselves, beloved. They're deceiving themselves. And they do not have fellowship with the Father and they do not have fellowship with Christ. They just don't. Tonight we'll be considering verse 7, which may be one of the most well-known verses from this book, especially the latter part of the verse. But I'd like to read it in its context, which is verses 5, 6, and 7. So we'll read all three of those together. They're all tied into one another, we'll see. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. <coughs> now think of the excellency of our great God. Just ponder that for a little, for, for a few seconds. Just ponder the excellency of our great God. It, it's beyond words. It's beyond words. It does not take us long to get into deep water when we start thinking of how excellent our God is. How excellent he is. We're over our head real quickly, aren't we? But we, but we who are the blood-bought people of God, we love to ponder this, don't we? We love to think about how, how our God is God. He's the God, the one true God. And how excellent he is. How excellent. He's so holy, beloved. He's so righteous that no one or nothing can have fellowship with him except they be made holy too. And we know from the scriptures that God's people are, are being conformed to the image of the Son. We're being conformed to the image of Christ. And we know from the scriptures that we're, we're sanctified in Christ. We're made holy in Christ. We're made holy in Him. 
God's born-again, blood-bought people are. And we see in verse 5 then that the message declared unto you, and not being believers, look at this, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So the message being declared unto you, believers, is that God is light. And we know from our study on this verse that it means he's holy, beloved. He's sinless. There's no darkness at all in him. Nothing at all. He's perfect. He's absolutely perfect. And this is what the Scriptures declare. This is what the Scriptures declare. And we know from our study, again, that one who says they have fellowship with him, with he who is the light, because that's what he is, he's the light, he who is sinless, but one who says they have fellowship with him and walks in darkness, we, we know from verse 6, they deceive themselves. And tonight, though, we'll see that one who walks in the light, that the one who walks in the light has fellowship with God. Has fellowship with God. And not only with God, but with all the blood-washed saints of God. And with the Lord Jesus Christ, because our fellowship with the Father and our fellowship with fellow believers is in and through Christ and Christ alone. And then we'll see that all the blood-washed saints who have fellowship one with another in Christ have been washed and cleansed by the precious blood of Christ. Oh, it's wonderful. Now one may ask, why did John pen the words, but if we walk in the light? Notice it says that. But if we walk in the light. What John's doing here, beloved, is he's, contra- he's, he's bringing a contrast about it. He's showing, he's showing the saints that he's writing to the contrast between walking in in, in the light, which is, the, again, the trends of one's life, and the difference of that in walking in darkness, in verse 6. See, there's a contrast right there. <coughs> Look at the verses. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But then look at the contrast in verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all sin. So John's bringing forth with the word, but if we walk in the light, he's bringing forth the contrast that's there before us. The one who professes to have fellowship with God and yet is walking in darkness is, a, is, is false and a liar. And the one who is walking in the light proves out to be true. Proves out to be true. Now one may ask who has made the difference between the two of these these people spoken of here. Well, we know that it's only God who made us to differ. We know that. Only God has made us to differ. One is dead in trespasses and sins, the one in verse 6. Even though they profess to have, to have fellowship with God, they're dead in trespasses and sins. And one, in verse 7, is born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Though still a sinner, the trend of their life is not towards sin. Right? But what, what's the difference? They hunger and thirst after righteousness. And as I keep bringing that, we hate our sin, don't we? We hate our sin. The ones in verse 6 don't. The ones in verse 6 don't. And we hunger and thirst after righteousness. And, and where, where's the only place righteousness is found? In Christ. In Christ. So we hunger and thirst after Christ. And we hunger and thirst after the things of Christ. We long to hear the gospel preached. 
We, we long to be with God's blood-bought people, who have, the, the ones who also have fellowship with the Father through Christ. We long to be together. We long to be with the brethren. And those who are born again by the Holy Spirit of God <coughs> and enlightened by the Spirit of God, what do we have, beloved? We have a true sense and a true sight of sin, don't we? We see sin now in a whole different light. We were blind to sin. As the scripture says, we drank it like water. It, we, it, we didn't care about it. We just, it was part of what we did. It was the trend of our life before. But now, now we hate it. We hate it, again, I, and I know I keep saying this, and I'm going to keep saying this, but we hate it more in ourselves than we do anybody else because we know we're sinners. But yet, praise God, we're saved. We're saved, we who are his blood-bought people. Because the reason we hate our own sin is because we've been taught by the Holy Spirit of God who we sinned against. We sinned against the Holy God of the universe. We sinned against the one who redeemed us. Oh my. Oh my. What mercy this is. What mercy this is, beloved. Right here before us. And we've also been taught and had revealed to us that salvation is in Christ and Christ alone. That's been revealed to us. We fled to Christ because we've been made willing in the day of his power. We, we run to him. And the children of light then are those who have been bought out from the darkness they were once in. And what a darkness we were in. The darkness of our sin. And we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And then what? As we walk in the light, which is just being regenerated and born again, the trend of our life is to worship Christ and, and to adore him. Right? But as we walk in the light, He's the one leading us. <laughs> He's the one taking care of us. He's the one guiding us. He's the one directing us. The Holy Spirit watches over us and, and guides us and directs us and illuminates the scripture. And what does he do? He points us right to Christ. He points us right to Christ. And as we are taught, as we are taught, and as we grow in grace, we continue to walk in faith, don't we? We continue to walk in faith in Christ. And we rest in him more and more. We trust in him more and more as we walk in the light. And the light is also the truth of the gospel. It's being revealed to the children of light. The children of light. And that's what God's people are called because they've been called out of darkness into marvelous light of the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> Again, let's look at the contrast presented here before us. If we say that we have, verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we see a contrast there, don't we? Turn, if you would, to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. With this in our minds, let's turn to John chapter 3 and we'll read verses 14 to 21. And again, at the latter part of this reading, we will see the same contrast brought forth, beloved. The same contrast. And we know the only one, the only one who has made those to love the light, which is Christ, is God. He's the only one who's made us to love, love Christ. He's the only one. Okay, let's read verses 14 to 21. <coughs> this is marvelous. Same contrast we're going to see. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. There's substitution. Christ dying for his people. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his, not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We were already in condemnation. Eh? Look at this, though. He that believeth on him is not condemned. That's wonderful news, isn't it? That's wonderful news for sinners. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and man loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Okay, look at this. For everyone that doeth, the, for everyone that doth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But look at the contrast here. But he that doeth, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that these deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. There's the contrast again. Right there before us. The contrast is right there. We see the same truth that was brought forth in, in, in 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. And note it's a work of God. Look at the latter part of John 3.21, that they are wrought in God. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. John Gale says that they are wrought in God or by God. And how? How are these things? They're all wrought in us by his almighty power, isn't it? All by the power of God. All by the Spirit of God and His gracious assistance and influence in our life. And He continues to keep us walking in the light. Keep us focused upon Christ and Christ alone. And we know, we know this fact here when it says that they are wrought in God and, and as Gil says, by God. We know this to be true from what we, what we studied on Sunday night, don't we? Remember in John 15, 5, the Lord said, without me you can do nothing. So that's tied right in here too. We can't do anything. We can't do anything for our salvation. And then he said, you're the branches on the vine, you're the branches. So even the fruit that we produce is produced by the Holy Spirit of God in us. So we, it's amazing. It's all of God, beloved. It's all his work. It's all his work. Because without him, without Christ, we can do nothing. Salvation is a work of God. The believer in Christ is being conformed to the image of the Son, and even that's a work of God. The fruit of the Spirit in us, that's a work of God. That's a work of God. What a wonderful, merciful God we have. He's a God who does all things for us. He does all things for us. We just rest and look to Him, don't we? Oh, my Oh my. Turn if you would to first Peter. First Peter chapter two. <coughs> it says in our text, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. So what does it mean to walk in the light? Well it means to be regenerated. It means to be born again by the Holy Spirit of God. It's it speaks of one who's being brought out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Into God's marvelous light. Look at this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Peter writing to God's people, but ye are a chosen generation. 
Just let that sink in. That's incredible. Out of all our generation, God's chosen us. And when did he do it? Before the foundation of the world. Oh my. A royal priesthood. And holy nation. Peculiar people. That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you what? Out of darkness. That was our natural state, beloved. Into what? Into his marvelous light. We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Which in times past were not a people. But now the people of God, I love this last part of this verse 10, which had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. I love it, the fact that Paul wrote, I've obtained mercy. Now we see Peter writing this too. That God's people, and let this just bring comfort to your soul, that God's people have obtained mercy. We don't get what we deserve, which would be wrath. We receive the opposite of what we deserve. Mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Paul brings forth the same truth. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 5. Paul brings forth the, the same truth about the God's people being children of light. <coughs> children of light. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 5. We'll read verses 8 to 10. He contrasts what we were with what we are now. Look at this in verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness. It sounds like what Peter was writing about, wasn't it? You were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. And there's, there's the key right there. In the Lord. Those three little words. It's not by our doing, is it? It's in the Lord. It's by his doing. And he says, walk as children of light. And now note the fruit of regeneration of the Holy Spirit of God, which again... Remember, without the vine, we, can, we can't produce any fruit. Right? Not at all. So note the fruit of regeneration here. For the Spirit of God, for the Spirit, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And then look at verse 10. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And then verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Stay away from them. Stay away from them. And the works we see there of those who are in darkness are to be reproved. They're to be reproved. And the sinner is to be pointed to Christ and Christ alone. That's that's who we must point people to in the preaching of the gospel. We must point people to Christ. He is the only Savior. He's the only hope for sinners. There's no other hope outside of Him. None at all. None at all. The sinner must be pointed to Christ. And the saint must be pointed to Christ still too as we walk in this world, eh? We need, we need to keep hearing about our Savior and what He's done for us. Oh my. And it's wonderful for the God's people. We love to hear the gospel preached. So the works of those who walk in darkness are to be reproved, and the sinner is to be pointed to Christ and Christ alone. And we are not to have fellowship with them in their unfruitful works of darkness, but rather we are to reprove those works. To reprove those works. Turn, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. <coughs> Again, we see the redeemed of the Lord are called the children of light. The children of light. The children of light. Then we'll go back to our text in a little bit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. 
we are not of the night nor of darkness. Let's go back and then read our verse again. In 1 John 1, 7, it says this, with that in our minds. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So those who are in darkness give proof that they are in darkness. Why? Because they love the darkness. They love sin. They love sin. They walk in the darkness. They walk in sin. And they produce the unfruitful works of darkness. Which we saw brought forth in in verse 11 of of Ephesians chapter 5. Now yes, we're saved sinners. We are. But the trend of our life is not to walk in the darkness. The trend of our life is to walk in the light. To walk in the light. So this walk in the light speaks of the believer's life and the manner in which we conduct ourselves. Not only is the believer in light positionally, positionally, but the believer walks in life practically. Again, both both situations in Christ. We're positionally in Christ and we walk in Christ. Practically and positionally we're in Christ. A person's walk, then, is a figurative expression of the general tenor of the believer's life. The scriptures proclaim, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So the believer in Christ, their ways and works are not regulated by the flesh or one's self-interest. No, we walk by faith, not by sight. And what we looked at this a few weeks back, and what happens? The love of Christ constrains us, doesn't it? Constrains us. So the external conduct of the believer reflects his internal condition or her internal condition. The fact that they're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And it's, it's the Holy Spirit who guides us and directs us and convicts us of our own sin. Thus the branch is known by its fruits and we know again that it's the Holy Spirit who makes us fruitful. And again, we will never see it in ourselves. All we'll see is ourselves failing. (laughs) But others will see growth in you. Oh, my. Oh, my. It's all the the work of the Holy Spirit of God. He makes us fruitful in Christ. Again, we looked at that on Sunday night because without Christ, we can do nothing. It keeps going right back to him, beloved. It keeps going right back to him. Right back to our king. Think of this. Everything that God requires, God must provide. Everything that God requires, He must provide. And He does, beloved. He does. He provides in Christ, in Christ alone, to His people. The people of His own choosing in Christ before the foundation of the world, purchased by Christ on Calvary's cross, by the blood of Christ. He provides... For us in him, perfect salvation. Perfect salvation. A sacrifice that God is absolutely satisfied with. And it's himself. It's Christ. Oh my. It's, 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 it's almost, it, it, it just fills our minds. We're so full of joy, aren't we, over thinking about it. It's, it's incredible. And then we have fellowship with the Father. And we have fellowship with the Son. Through Christ, of course. And we have fellowship with one another. 
Look at this. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. Who gets all the glory here? <laughs> Christ gets all the glory, doesn't he? He gets it all. He gets it all. He gets all the praise and the honor for what he's done for us. And for what he works in us. Think of that. Glory to his name. Think of what he works in us. Oh my. It's incredible. <coughs> so we give all the glory to our great God and King, the Lord Jesus Christ. The born again, blood washed saying of God has fellowship with God in and through the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the God man. Who is the God man. John Gill brings forth that we have mutual communion. Mutual communion with God the Father and God the Father with us. And it all comes to us through Christ Jesus our Lord. The communion we have with the Father and with the Son is all through the cleansing efficacy of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. All through his blood. And look, it says we have fellowship one with another. We have fellowship with God. We have fellowship with Christ. We have fellowship with fellow born-again, blood-bought believers. All those who've been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. All those who've been purchased by his precious blood. He's the head. We're the body. He's the vine. With branches. It all comes through Him. All the fellowship we have with God, all the fellowship we have with one another, all comes through Christ and Christ alone. He's the key. No Christ, no fellowship with God. No Christ, no fellowship with believers. No Christ, no salvation. No Christ, no forgiveness of all your sins. But in Christ, oh my, oh my, the forgiveness of all our sins, fellowship with God, fellowship with believers, a salvation that's sure. Oh my, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Let's look at now at the latter part of this verse which is very well known to the people of God. And it brings great joy and peace and comfort. This is one of my favorite verses, I'll be honest with you. Just the latter part just makes my heart just sing. The whole verse, is, this whole book is wonderful, but this verse, this verse is absolutely amazing. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, in the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son cleanses us from all sin. Look at these wondrous words penned here at the latter part of this verse. And remember that John is penning these words, beloved, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. And he pens these words. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. We see we have fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And we see here it's his blood that has been shed to cleanse us from all sin. The Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man, God incarnate in the flesh, the perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God. It is he who has redeemed us by the shedding of his precious blood. The shedding of the blood of an innocent lamb. Remember what John said of him? Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. And what does it say his blood does for us, beloved? It says it cleanses us from all sin. All sin. Blasphemy. Sins of the heart. Sins of the mind. Sins we don't even know we do. Sins of presumption, sins of, of deed and action. That little word there is beautiful, isn't it? All. That means there's nothing left out. What, what, three, three letters, A-L-L, all. All sin. Oh, his precious blood in the shedding of his precious blood cleanses the believer from all sin. In the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, that's the son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, with whom we have fellowship with, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. Ponder this wonderful statement right here. The blood, and we know the we know the, the life of the flesh is in the blood, right? You lose your blood, you die. The blood. He gave his life for us. The blood. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, God's son. God incarnated in the flesh. The word of God, the second person of the Trinity. Cleanses us from all sin. He's fully God and fully man. Right here before us in this little statement here, beloved, is mercy which knows no bounds. Mercy which knows no... This is, a, this is an endless sea of mercy right here before us. It's an endless sea of mercy. And these, these, these little words right before us here. And how the boundless grace of God is brought forth in these few words here. How the love of God for His chosen people is brought forth in these few words right here. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. Again, we see right here everything that God requires that which God demands for the satisfaction of his law, that which he demands for the satisfaction of his justice, what does he do? He provides it. He provides it. And he provides it for his people, we who are sinners. We who are undeserving of that mercy and grace. And he provides it for us. Do you see how this is a, a boundless ocean of mercy? And not only are we forgiven for a couple sins, but we're forgiven for all our sin. All our sin. And 
And the one who's forgiven us is the one we sinned against. And the one who dies for us is the one we sinned against. You can't, we can't measure this, can we? What grace, what mercy is here before us? All we can say is glory to his name. Glory to his name. Praise God for saving me. Praise God for redeeming me with his precious blood. Oh, now we know the cleanse and the sin is a sacrificial term which, which we see in the Old Testament. Turn, if you would, to Leviticus chapter 16. It's a, it's a sacrificial term which we see in the Old Testament. It's clearly pictured in the Old Testament types. But we're, look at, we're, we're turned here to Leviticus chapter 16. And we'll look at first in verses 16, or 15 and 16, then we'll look at verses 30 and 31. We'll see in verse 30 that the atonement is made for the sins of the people of Israel. And the atonement is made effectual by the shedding of the blood of the sacrifice. And note, it is something that's done for, note this, it's something that's done for them. They don't do it. It's something that's, that's key right there. It's something that's done for them. Well, Lord, think of what the Lord's done for us. All by the plan and purpose of God. Something that's done for them. It's not done by them. Look at verses 15 and 16 first. Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering. This is the high priest. That is for the people. And bring his blood within the veil. And, and do that. Do with that blood. As he did with the blood of the bullock. And sprinkle it upon the mercy seat. And before the mercy seat. And he shall make atonement. For the holy place. Because of the uncleanness. Of the children of Israel. And because of their transgressions and all their sins, so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. Now look at verses 30 and 31 in light of that. And the effect of the atonement. For on that day shall the priest, that being the high priest again, make an atonement for you to cleanse you, look at this, that ye may be clean from all your sin, sins before the Lord. Oh, that sounds a lot like in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses you from all sin. <coughs> it, shall be, it, it shall be a Sabbath of rest unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls by a statute forever. But note there in verse 30, for on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you. Now this was done by the offering of the sin offering for them, which we know, of course, was typical of the sacrifice of Christ. It was typical. It pointed right to Christ. The blood of the, blood of the bulls and bullocks, could, uh, the, the, the sacrifice could never take away sin, but it pointed to one who, who would. It pointed to one who would, beloved. It pointed to one who would. The one who has made an offering for the sins of the people of God. And it is his blood which cleanses the people of God, who are the elect of God. And in and. In him doing that, we are made clean, aren't we, from all our sins before the Lord. We're still sinners, aren't we, until the day we breathe our last breath. But God looks at us in Christ. Isn't that wonderful? What a truth that, that John's bringing forth here in, in, in 1 John 1, 7. He's bringing forth the truth of the atonement right before our eyes. And we saw it illustrated or pictured in type in, in Leviticus there in and he's bringing forth that this actually happened at Calvary's cross. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. 
So Christ, and, and remember too, in that in Leviticus, Christ is both pictured as the priest and the sacrifice. He's both. He's our high priest, isn't he? And he's our sacrifice. He gave himself for us, for us to redeem us. Oh, and, and, and remember too, only the high priest, right, could offer the sacrifice up. Oh, who's our high priest, beloved? <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ. And then again, he's the sacrifice as well. It's, it's, just, it's just so overwhelming. It's so full of grace and mercy. Now we know why, why Paul and, and Peter said, you've obtained mercy. And we have, haven't we? We've obtained mercy. We don't get what we deserve. We've obtained mercy. And, and Christ alone has made reconciliation for the sins of God's elect. Christ alone. Him alone. He did it for all the elect of all the ages. And it's by his shedding of his blood that our sins are purged, beloved. They're purged. And, and, and John's writing of that, right? But if we walk in the light, the sea is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> they're, they're bought and paid for. Not to be remembered anymore. Oh, and this is wonderful news for sinners. That's why we say flee to Christ. He's, he's the sinner's only hope. <laughs> Outside of Christ is only wrath and condemnation. But in Christ, oh my, the forgiveness, it says here, the forgiveness of all our sins. Oh, this is wonderful. And again, note the little word all. I, I have to say something again. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. The blood atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ has propitiated, satisfied God, which means that God's appeased with the sacrifice of Christ. He's satisfied with the sacrifice of Christ. The blood of, of Christ has satisfied the justice of God. Again, the blood of, the blood of Jesus Christ has satisfied the law of God. And even the wrath of God has been, has been satisfied because it's been poured out on Christ. So God is absolutely satisfied with the sacrifice of the sinless Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, that which was due us was poured out upon Him, the sinless one. The perfect, spotless, sinless Lamb of God. He offered Himself up without spot. And that wrath was poured out on Him. And the believer says, He did that for me. And because of what He's done, because of His shed blood, I'm cleansed from all my sin. All of it. That's what the scriptures declare. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And the us there is believers in Christ. Born again, blood-washed believers. Oh. The believer in Christ is therefore free from the law because it's been satisfied. Satisfied. Free from the wrath of God because it was poured out on Christ. Poured out on Christ. And we're clothed now in the righteousness of Christ. We're clean in the eyes of the Lord. That's wonderful news. <laughs> it's wonderful news, isn't it? Wonderful news. And we are able now to stand in the presence of God. And He hears our prayers. And sometimes our prayers are just tears, aren't they? Oh, He knows. He knows what we are, what we feel in our heart, and how we feel. Oh my! He knows. Look at this, Il. 
The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's his sacrifice in our place. It's it's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that has cleansed all his people. And that means all the elect of all the ages from all their sins. And again, that in case someone thinks, oh, I'm, a, I'm too much of a sinner to be saved. Well, let this poor sinner say to you that every one of my sins, every single one of them, all sorts of sins, are gone. They're paid for. I've been cleansed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all who flee to Christ, their sins are forgiven. Because it says here, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Turn, if you would, to Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> how can we say, how can we say, well, because the scripture says all sin. But, but look, what, look what the scripture says in Colossians chapter 1 here. The believer will one day stand before the throne of God. Pure, clean, unblameable and unreprovable in God's sight, all because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. And remember, right now, we who believe are clothed in the perfect spotless righteousness of Christ. He doesn't, God doesn't look at us and see, see our sin. No, he sees the righteousness of Christ. He sees Christ. <coughs> look at this in Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 to 23. For it pleased the Father that in him, being Christ, should all fullness dwell. And having made peace, how? Through the blood of his cross. Remember, remember our text over there? And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Look at this, though. It says here again, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, through the shedding of his blood, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in the earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated in your minds by wicked works, that's where we were, yet now hath he what? Look at that beautiful word. Reconciled. Reconciled. <coughs> in the body of his flesh through death. Look at this. Oh, I love this. I love this. To present you holy. We who were born dead in trespasses and sins and unholy are made holy by Christ. And unblameable. Oh, if we, we are, our, our own hearts condemn us, don't they? But the scripture says that because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, because he's cleansed us from all sin, that we are presented before God unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. And look at this. Tie in with walking in the light. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled. But, but see, it's not... It's not we, we're, we're already cleansed. We're already cleansed. We're already cleansed by the precious blood of Christ. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which we, you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. This is wonderful. Think again of how this verse here, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Here's another point too. Think of how this brings forth the humanity of Christ. He shed his blood. So remember Paul, or remember John was starting off with bringing, bringing forth the humanity of Christ too? This even solidifies that even more. Because we're saved by the shedding 
of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave his life for us. So how humbling and comforting are these words to the believer in Christ. We know that we walk in the light because we are born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And we've been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that it is nothing we have done or ever will do. Or ever will do. That will cleanse our our sins. We are only cleansed from all our sins by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that we only have fellowship with God and the blood-bought saints of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of what our Lord did for us. Because his doing and dying. Because he lived that perfect life of obedience which we could never live. And then he died the substitute of his people on Calvary's cross. Oh my. And think of this, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, he's the one who keeps us in the light. We're not cleansed from our sins because we walk in the light. The only reason we walk in the light is because we're born again of the Holy Spirit of God. But look at this wonderful truth. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. And then think upon this. The more that we grow in the grace and knowledge and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we grow in grace, what happens? We see our sinfulness more and more. We see our sinfulness more and more. And then this statement right here before us becomes even more precious, doesn't it? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And what does a believer say? Glory, honor, and praise. Glory, honor, and praise to the Lord Jesus Christ for cleansing his people, sinners like you and I, from all our sins. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for your, your goodness and your mercy and your grace towards us. We love you and we praise you and we thank you that you have redeemed us and purchased us with thy own precious blood. And we, we saw tonight that it's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Oh Lord, it's thy precious blood and thy precious blood alone. And to think that you left heaven willingly to come here and to die and to shed your blood, which is to give up your life for us. You who are the sinless, spotless lamb of God, you did that because you loved us. You loved us. You loved us before we loved you. Glory to your name, O Lord. Praise to your name. The believer can cry out that all our sins are forgiven by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the shedding of your precious blood. Lord, we pray you be glorified and magnified in this message tonight. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.